0: Alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. Beyond Alchemy is more than that. It's about discovery. It's about the experience. It is about the order and chaos that brought us here. Beyond Alchemy is Making Sense's podcast, in which greater speakers tell extraordinary stories of the technology world. This podcast goes from the conception of the idea to the exit. In each stage of this journey, we have the right person to answer the questions you may be asking yourself. There is no software without experience, and we build software people love with unique stories behind. Are you ready to bring your business to the next level?
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Alchemy. This is your host, Mariana Hurich, and today we're going to be talking about how to grow a business after you get funding. In order to do that, we have a good friend of ours as a guest. Uh, his name is Peter Yavo. Peter is a partner at Credera in the Atlanta office, and he serves as the Atlanta market leader. He joined the firm as a principal in Credera's management consulting practice in 2019. And in 2020, he moved over to the experience design practice as a practice leader and served in that role until the beginning of 2022. Then he was promoted to partner and officially transitioned to our practice leader role and into the Atlanta market leader role. In addition to Peter's market responsibilities, he continues to lead management consulting and experience design projects with clients. Peter graduated from University of Southern California with a bachelor's in economics. He currently serves on the board of Dallas based nonprofit called In My Shoes and the DEI Advisory Committee for Lambda Chi Alpha and as an advisor to multiple startups. Outside of the office, Peter loves to read, train, ride his road bike, and spend time with his wife, Brooke, and his two kids, Barrett and Hope. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: I am well. I am well. Thanks for the introduction, Mariana.
1: Well, Peter, it's so good to see you. For the audience, Peter and I met a couple of years ago, I think, in Dallas, when you used to live here, which you've, you've been moving around quite a bit from the last couple of years, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I was in Dallas for seven years, and then right during the pandemic, we had our second child, and then I moved to Sarasota, Florida. So although I lead our Atlanta office, I live in Florida, and the great thing is it's only an hour flight, so uh, I can be there uh, quite easily.
1: Well, Peter, for for people that you know are not familiar with you, do you want to you know talk a little bit more about you know who you are, what you're currently doing, and you know a little bit of your experience?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you shared, <clears throat> I'm a partner at uh, Cordera. Uh, I've been here for a little over three years. Uh, just a just a wonderful company. Great, great culture. Great people. Um, uh, great, great clients. Uh, before before Credera, uh, I was with a local startup in in Dallas called Door, uh, and then before that ran ran my own uh, consulting firm for a couple of years. And then prior to that was with Price for the So, you know, I, I've come up in the product innovation and and startup world, if you if you will, and in many you know in many pockets of my life, I have also been very entrepreneurial. That being, you know. Running my own thing or entrepreneur within a company, so very business driven, very business focused. But at the core of it all, you know, I'm people first. You know, So uh, I think that's a, a quick, quick high level on on who Peter is. That's
1: fantastic. And you know, I feel I feel you know um, like a special bonding with you because you're originally from Ghana, right? So I'm from Argentina. You're from Ghana, so so we share that. I know you you've been there. You know, a couple couple weeks ago, you were visiting family. So how how was that trip?
2: It was great. You know, I I try to go to Ghana at least once a year. Um, I've been in, I moved here from Ghana after, well, interesting thing, I was born in New Jersey. My family moved back, Family's originally from Ghana and Nigeria. So we moved back to Ghana, you know, traveled around to South Africa, London and a few other places. And then after high school, I moved back to the U.S. But since, since then, almost 20 years ago, I've always, I've always come back, come back to to Ghana at least once a year. Um, you know, the other reason we share a special bond is, you know, Argentina, I feel like it's like my second home. For maybe two years, I worked with um, a company called Globant based in Argentina, or at least they had a, a, a decent team in Argentina. Um, and I would come, I think in 2000, between 2013, to 15, I was traveling to Cordoba, you know, multiple times working with. I had a team down there. I still have very good friends uh, um, back in in Argentina. Um, so it, it, it's it's a very special uh, has a very special place in my heart. Um, and I think if you go to Cordoba, people know me as the guy who drinks Fernet without Coke. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my claim to fame.
1: Uh, well, for for the audience, that that's a uh, uh, let's say traditional drink in Argentina. You 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 wouldn't find that many people that drink that without coke because it's a very strong. It's a very strong flavor. Uh okay. now Peter, we we maybe sh- we maybe should go down there anytime soon together. together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Peter. So so for uh, you know people, you've you been witness and being responsible for you know exponential growth of many companies not just like Cre which you know by the way I wanted to mention that is a global uh, boutique consultant firm focused on a strategy transformation data and technology but also you know different startups as you mentioned so you know the idea for this episode is uh, having you share some of that you know vast experience you have and you know let me let me ask, start with you know what is when, when it comes to growing a business you know what is that you know nobody tells you you know about growing a business?
2: Yeah, um, well, what no one tells you is that it's hard. It's very hard. And, um, you know, most likely you will fail, you know, the first couple of times, especially if you're new to it. You, now, you have some people who just happen to be anomalies and they succeed at everything. But in most cases, you will fail. And it's not, it's not a bad thing that you fail, but it's you know, you're failing up. You're failing up, meaning you're, you're, you're doing things for the first time. And regardless of what anyone says, there, there are basic laws and truths to business that so you have to go learn first. And then once you learn that, then you have to manage everything that's happening around you, right? The external pressures of running a business, what's happening you know, with your, your clients. And even in today's age, what's happening with the macroeconomic uncertainty and, and you know everything that, that influences. And oh, guess what? The past two years haven't come out of a pandemic, right? And what that does to people and their buying behaviors and their spending patterns you have to be able to adjust all that. So the the you know the one thing people don't tell you that it's very hard and that you'll most likely fail. Yeah, you know, but the other thing that people don't tell you is you're you're probably going to grow and, and get the most amount of experience that you've ever had, right? Because usually when you're an individual comp- contributor and you work in one one role one space, um, you don't see everything. But here, if you're growing a business, you're you're you, you know you're seeing HR, you're seeing legal, you're seeing Contractors, you're seeing people, leadership, and management. I mean, you're seeing all of it. And oh, by the way, you have to build a phenomenal and fantastic product that your customers, you know, want and will rave about. Uh, so you're having to learn all of those things quickly, which is the reason I feel like people who allow themselves to go through that phase of growth, um, you know, always come out, you know, stronger and better leaders. You know, uh, at the end of the day, and the market will reward you for doing that.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a very challenging journey to, you know, get into. And there is, as you mentioned, there are a lot of things you're going to be dealing with, right? You were going to be wearing multiple hats on that journey. And you've been there, done that before. So what are, you know, the most, from your perspective, the most common mistakes that you're going to run into?
2: You know, one of the most common mistakes I have seen business leaders make is not committing to a product vision. Or, you know, to be quite honest, not understanding the kind of business that you're in. What business are you in? Because you'll see a lot of people come in to the marketplace. You know, they get product market fit. You know, you've got something that's really working. And then all of a sudden, you know, you are hearing from your board. You're hearing from investors. You're hearing from, you know, your grandmother. You're hearing from the people in your neighborhood. You're hearing from everyone what they think about your business oh, you should do this. You should have this new product and or you should introduce this or you should have done this this way. And what happens, unfortunately, to a lot of business leaders is that they begin to pivot the product or they begin to pivot the business direction. Like, oh, well, you know, we had a, uh, um, or, or for example, hey, chat GPT is out. We may not be in the business that requires Chat GPT, but, you know, everyone's using it. So we should use it. So some way, somehow, we may divert and try to invest time, energy, and attention to how we can bring this into our suite because we think it's going to be part of the future. But if you really know what your business what business you're in, you may realize that that's not necessary. Uh, and that's the biggest pitfall that I see business leaders make. Is, is just one, maybe not clearly understanding what business they are really in, and then just changing the direction of the business. Um, multiple times especially when it's it's in the growth phase because when you're in the growth phase you just need to have a you need to have your blinders on and do one thing and do it really well until you hit that threshold that allows you to begin to explore you know Google was a search company for a very long time before they then you know amassed the foundation and the wealth and the resources to go in and try new products new things new new ideas Um Again, it's not to say don't innovate, don't come up with new ideas. It's to say when you're growing, when you're in the growth phase, do what you do really well or do what you do and do it really well.
1: Now, that's that's a very interesting point. And, and I will mostly agree with you. Uh, that's why we put, uh, you know, validating competitive advantage as one of the first steps in the process. And once you identify that exactly, you know, what is it, the actual problem that you're solving, right? The problem under the problem, the real business that you're into it. Uh, yeah, we we also suggest people to you know fully commit with that, and that's one of the m- main causes of uh, diversion in roadmaps and goals, where there is this new shiny object, as such as ChatGPT in this case, you your example, and people start you know losing focus on what they originally planned. So that that's completely aligned with what we see on the business. and you know especially on those early stage products that we help you know companies to develop or you know new business units. We see this a lot, so that's that, that's that's great advice, Peter. And from your perspective, what are the one two most common problems that you will definitely run into as you run a business, even though you're doing things, you know, great? You you will definitely run into these problems.
2: Yeah, you know, I think this is um, this is one I think you know is regardless of where you are, who you are, what business you're in, there are going to be people. In your business right and you know you could have a product you could have a technology product you still need people to build it right Um, so I think the biggest challenge um, and unfortunately it's I don't think people recognize how big of a challenge this is because everyone thinks oh I can be a leader leadership there's always there are all these videos on leadership but the biggest challenge people run into is people management and people leadership. Why? Because people have emotions. They've got feelings, they've got lives, they've got families, they've got their own vision for their lives and and where they want to go with their career and their hopes and their dreams. And some way, somehow you as a leader, you have got to be able to understand, you know, because you have, first you have the individual, right? And your company is made up of individuals, all of whom, have different ideas of what the future should look like for them, all of whom who have different expectations of life, different visions and dreams for themselves. And some way, somehow, you've got to be able to bring all of those people, get them on the same page and align with your vision and show them how your vision helps them attain all the things that they want to do so that they can show up every day and give you their energy, their effort, their time, their mind. Obviously, in exchange for value, some people may get equity, some people may get salary, whatever it may be, but they still have to show up and care to build and run your business. Um, so just being able to manage all of that, right? And people have families, they've got lives, things happen. they are natural events, family events, things that that um, are hard to deal with. Uh, so as a leader, just being able to maintain your composure and to care for people, see them, know them, uh, and, and really invest in them. It's 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 an un appreciated or it's an underappreciated skill it's also a skill that's really hard to measure like you can't really measure leadership right I can measure someone's ability to to create clean and effective code I can't really measure someone's leadership because the work that they do now can only be tested or or really measured months or even years after right um, so I think the people side is always the, the, the biggest challenge, in, in my opinion. I think the second one is um, being able to ride the wave, right? Every business is going to go through. I mean, yes, you may hear of some businesses that are rocket ships, and they just do this every time. They're just going up all the time. But in many cases, you have business, in my opinion, is very, very cyclical. You know, in in the consulting business, everyone knows early in the year, you know, things are slow to pick up, and and every year they pick up and they stay aggressive, and then you know you have a, a dip again right before the holidays, you know, towards the end of the year. But it's it's cyclical. You have so you have those annual cycles, and then you have maybe cycles within you know every five to ten years, even maybe I'd say every eight years, you see the generational uh, uh, cycles. So as a business, just being able to ride that wave, being able to ride the wave and realize, okay, we may be having a tough time now, how do we position our business to ride out you know, um, what may be you know, business winter, right? Where we're not getting as much business, we're not getting as much traction, the economy is not moving the direction we want, our, our value proposition is not resonating with the customer uh, very well. How do we make sure that we have enough of a runway to outlast those times, and then within those times, how do we make sure we add so much value that when when things shift, we are again relevant? Our, our people trust us. We've been consistent, so we can then ride that wave up. Yeah, you know, and, and unfortunately, a lot of a lot of people, when things are tough, all they see is what's here. Things are tough. My business is hard. That creates anxiety, stress, and especially for a leader, if you are stressed and you're anxious, your entire team will pick that up. Right, and all of a sudden, your customers start to see that and start to experience that and feel that, um, you know. So, just having the confidence and seeing the bigger picture and knowing, hey, we're going to have to ride some waves, you know, throughout the life lifetime of any business, I think is the most important thing to do.
1: Yeah, very very interesting. I, I mean, I was holding holding my comments uh, because I think these these are two two great examples uh, of you know very foundational things that are very important and maybe people don't take dimension of how important they are and i want to go back to your first point peter uh, in regards to leadership um and i guess you you know this this people a person um so have you ever read something from simon sinek
2: of course of course
1: well he's a great leader so for your audience if you if you never heard about him i and you're looking you know to start learning about leadership i would highly suggest to read this author it's simon sinek he um you touched it very interesting points, Peter. Uh, one is that you know he says that leadership is like going to a gym or brushing your teeth, right? So if you do that once in a time, right, you don't see the effect. It's the consistency and you know just brushing your teeth twice a day every single day that gives you the results. Right? Is it going to a gym or exercising twenty minutes a day for for the whole year that gives you the results? And that that's leadership, right? And other thing that he says that I like a lot is that, which is a very interesting concept, and I think you describe it fairly similar, which is that leaders are not responsible for goals, but leaders are responsible for the people in charge of the goals, right? Mm. Or taking care of those people. And I think that when it comes to growing a business, especially on an early stage where you need a lot of traction and, you know, you know human effort to, you know, get the product out there, you know, probably people are going to be wearing multiple hats is for me, it's super important. As you mentioned that people is very aligned with your vision and they are, you know, they feel like they are brothers and sisters in your company and they got each other's back and they want, you know, the business to be successful. Um, and I guess leadership is is a big portion of it. I mean, even though, I mean, you need to have a good product vision, you need to have, you know, a good value proposition. You could be on a, you know, space that is more attractive for some people, but I, I truly believe that if you are a solid leader, it doesn't matter, you know, where is your space or what is your product. That's what drives people and motivates people, you know, to achieve goals and, and keep pushing forward. So I think that that's a, you know, great example of, you know, something that people should be taking care of and thinking about. Again, Simon Sinek, if you never heard about it, uh, you should be definitely taking a look at it. It's, it's, you know, great, great content about leadership. Peter Let's do a brief pause here. We're going to do a public service announcement and then we're, we're going to get right back at it. Sure.
0: Making Sense bridges the gap between impossible and possible with great code and design. In Making Sense, we build software people love. <laughs>
1: All right, Peter, I have a a tough question for you, I think, because right now we are recording this episode It's February 22nd of 2023, and we're in a very specific and particular point in time, right, for businesses and macroeconomics, the world itself, I will say. So why don't we talk about a little bit, you know, how do you grow business in this specific climate that we are out right now into?
2: Yeah, um, it's it's very interesting because everyone's trying to figure that out today um, but what's 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 more interesting is people are are approaching you know the macroeconomic uncertainty as if it's never happened before you know what i mean and if you look back in the history you'll see many many times and again when we talk about things being cyclical anyone needs to, anyone wants to learn more about this just go look up ray dalio Look up some of his his uh, um, books on principles. He has a, an awesome video on on YouTube about economics. But he just shows you just this is cyclical. This it's it's almost predictable to some to some extent. But in regards to a growing business, so I'm thinking you know if if we're following the flow of of your series, you know this is someone who is you know you had an idea, you got it to MVP, you know you've got some product market fit, and now you need to grow this business. Um, The main thing that you need to start with is what we've talked about already. Know what business you're in, right? Know what business you're in, mainly because let's use someone like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. And that's a graphic way of explaining it. But you, you may have a plan until you run into six months of no revenue or a shrinking runway and all of a sudden the panic sets in. You have, you know, employees to take care of. you got investors to take care of. You have all these commitments as a business leader. So how do you think about growing a business? The first thing is just remember what business you're in. Keep it simple. Keep it as simple as you can. Understand how your business actually works. What's the value prop? How do you create that value prop? How do you bring it to clients? How do you serve them consistently, right? And how do you create an operational base that allows that all to happen consistently over time? You know, once you have that, once you're very clear on the business and what you do in this climate, operational efficiency is the most important thing. Now, we'll get to we'll talk about future tools to use uh, um, and, you know, my thoughts on, on, on the kind of the, 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 the existing and upcoming technologies that you can leverage to do this. But you need to get to a place where you can be as a pre- operationally efficient as possible. Meaning, you know, if if you can do more with with less resources, that's the name of the game in this in this uh, uh, economic climate. But then the, the most important thing is just go grow the business. Go out there and do what you do to grow the business, and and really that comes down to you've got to acquire new customers, and you've got to keep the customers that you have, and it's as simple as that. The the thing that a lot of people um, don't realize is. Whatever position you're in today is a result of things that you did yesterday, right? So it's not like you got here by chance. You got here because you laid the foundation and over time it created where you are today. So what people must realize is this economic uncertainty or you know, p- potential recession, whatever we're calling it, that's going to end one day and when it ends the most important thing is will your customers look at you and your brand as a brand that they came to trust as one that served them well during a time of difficulty anyone here right if you've if you've ever gone through a challenging time you remember the people who stuck with you you remember the people who were loyal to you, you remember the people who added value to you and helped you get out and through that how do you become a brand that helps people navigate this time, and and once they come out of this time, you now have raving fans. Raving fans are going to keep coming back to you, and they're going to keep bringing people back to you, and that's the most important thing. And in fact, raving fans will buy from you when things are tough. You're the last person to go on your list of, of brands to get rid of when, when they're tightening their purses and their their belts. Um, you know. So again, my you know key points: know the business you're in. Become operationally efficient at serving your customer. Serve your customer very well. Go above and beyond. Add more value than expected during a tough time. So you build their trust and loyalty for tomorrow when things are, are, are significantly better than they are today.
1: Good. So basically try to be less operational, more strategic, try to be less transactional, more emotional.
2: Yeah, I would, I would, I would say that. I would say be strategic and operational, right? Because you know you've got to know where you're going and what the business is but you've also got to operate it as efficiently as possible uh, and keep your eyes on, on doing as much as you can with less resources if possible um, and then on the emotional side i completely agree i think the emotional aspect is know your customers know your customers and care for them and care for them really well
1: yeah i think i think i've 100 agree with you i think this is a uh unique moment in time that, you know, doesn't happen very often that all the business have a good chance of, you know, creating that emotional impact on their clients and on their, you know, customers, because again, we're going through tough times right now. So again, if you can come up with something unexpected and, you know, and create that extra bond or, you know, be touching that emotional, you know, fiber. On your clients, I think that's a great opportunity, and and I hope that you know all the businesses are are realizing that right now. Which even though we're going through tough times, there are still you know opportunities to take advantage of, and and that's what we should be focusing on right now.
2: Yeah, I'll, and I'll say one one additional thing too. If you go look up the research, I mean, from what I understand, a majority of some of the leading companies were started during recessions, right? So I think that's an even interesting thing to consider is. New problems will surface during tough times and new companies you know are created and built to solve those problems. And again, when you go look around, they make up a majority of the leading companies today because they came in and solved something that was a strong pain for clients, and all of a sudden everyone latches on that solution.
1: Yeah, and this and this like the pandemic in 2020 and you know this right now, I feel like it causes two things. The first one is it Changes behaviors so that allows you know new opportunities to emerge and you know if you're smart enough that you can identify and leverage them then you know you can potentially be one of those companies that you're talking about and then the second thing is I think that makes people uncomfortable so that forces them to do something you know think think differently come up with different ideas different strategies that you know, if you look at back on 2021, when, you know, borrowing money was very cheap and, you know, everyone was, you know, hiring like crazy, uh, it's it's very hard to get into that mindset of grinding uh, on on that environment, which again, I think I fully agree with you. I think there is a lot of opportunities that will come up out of this specific moment in time that we are right now. And you mentioned something very important, which is at some point this is gonna end, right? And the question is, are you gonna be prepared from that moment in time? Are you going to have the resources in place? Are you going to have, you know, solid business to, to support the demand that you will probably have? Th- those are very, very important things, Peter. And how do you think that the technology is going to help us in the future to, you know, grow businesses? What well, what are the things or the, you know, let's say patterns that you see in terms of new technologies, new way of working, frameworks, whatever, whatever you feel it is that is going to help, you know, people to grow businesses in the future?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there are a few tools, um, that will will stand out. It's n- it's no surprise that ChatGPT come you know it gets launched and it's like the hype of the day. Everyone is talking about ChatGPT, and it's it's similar to when the iPhone came out in 2006. When it came out, everyone was talking about the iPhone. Everyone wanted to get the iPhone. Everyone wants to use ChatGPT. So all you have to do is look and see. What the what? What are the people telling you? They're telling you that they have been waiting for a tool like this. I think ChatGPT is going to be one of the number one tools that will transform. Well, ChatGPT is paving the way for AI backed solutions that will will now become a way of doing business. If someone has you know for the longest time sat down and spent thirty minutes to write out you know an email or maybe 20 minutes, it takes me 30 minutes sometimes, but let's say 20 minutes for someone or 10 minutes or write a a document or pull together an agenda for a program or all of a sudden you can feed that into a machine and the output is maybe closer to what you expected or closer to what you would have done, right? And all you have to do now is just make a few edits and it's ready to go. I think when we talk about operational efficiency, you know, we are in a time where people want to be more efficient. They want to do things faster. I think ChatGPT is going to unlock extra capacity for people to do other things. Now, if you are someone who is, you know, whose business is going to be disrupted by ChatGPT, what you should start doing now is to start figuring out how do I use ChatGPT to advance or do more? Um, Because it's going to disrupt the industry. It's going to take away from a lot of folks, unfortunately but it's going to create new opportunities, right? So learning that this tool is coming and it's gonna change things is gonna be important. The one thing that I don't think anyone is seeing that is going to become uh, really important is auto- workflow automation, um, robotics, being able to do things with less human intervention. It's coming, it's just the reality of it, right? Is Today, if we look at how a business works, and that's why it's important to not only know what business you're in, but how does your business work? You know, what are the inputs that lead to outputs? Because over time, you will start to realize, like, okay, if I look at all of these inputs and I look at all these outputs, out of all the outputs, maybe thirty percent of the outputs or twenty percent of the outputs actually lead to true value for the business and the customer, and maybe twenty percent or or maybe more of the input leads to a majority of the output. So all of a sudden now you're able to automate a lot of the wastes or a lot of the things that don't really need to need human invention. And then you plug that in with AI, right? That's informed, that learns, right? All of a sudden now you've got, um, again, it's all about you're unlocking more hours and time for for people to become more strategic, to become more forward-looking. So I think that those two those two things are going to be really big. AI, automation, robotics is going to be really big. The other thing that's going to be the underlying foundation for all of this is a data-driven innovation DNA. It's not a tool, but it's a culture that I think if, if anyone's going to last in the future, you need to have that. You need to know who your customer is, what they think about you, what they think about your product, what they think about you know the rest of the the competitors that you're going up against and how they make decisions to purchase, right? And how they make decisions to support your business uh, because, you know, it's not enough to, to, if you remember what I said earlier, everything you're experiencing today in your business is, is a result of things that you did yesterday, right? In the future, that yesterday, for us, yesterday is six months, 12 months. You have a company that says, oh, we're going to do a digital transformation. We're going to replace this, ERP or CRM or CDP that we had, and it's going to take us 12 months to do this, right? In the future, you don't have 12 months. You have a few weeks, a few months. You saw what everyone on full display saw what happened to Google, right? Microsoft launches launches uh, a you know, chat GPT powered Bing, and then Google says, oh, we've got to hustle and launch BARD, and it fell flat right? They only did that because they were they were chasing a leader. some A leader who came up with the right strategy and plan to be forward thinking and had that and had to start building. Microsoft over the past couple of years has had to start building the culture of innovation to show people we're still relevant. We're still here. We still matter. We still do really important things. And when you, you know, other companies, uh, you know, who've had success in this space, they started to maybe rest on their laurels, They just know that they're you know the brands that people will come after regardless. Um, so so that was a great example of how short the window is to be perfect, to be great. So if you have a data-driven, meaning you're collecting data, you're making sense out of the data, you're generating insights, you're taking action based on those insights, and you're using that to inform your business, the tools that you adopt, the, the operational uh, uh, models that you run, and how you serve your customer, the kind of products that you bring to your customer, when you update your features, when you change your features, when you launch new features, um, that will then help you leverage all of the tools because new tools are going to be coming up. But if you have that underlying data-driven innovation culture, then it's really easy to just bring those tools in and, and allow them to, to feed and service the business model as you grow and evolve over time.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, You mentioned, you mentioned a lot of things that are going to be revolutionized in the future for sure. And... I feel, Peter, that, you know, some people feel uh, kind of threatened about those new technologies. So what are are your your thoughts or comments uh, to those people?
2: Yeah, you know, it's uh, fear is is actually pretty good for us human beings. Fear for us. Fear is, okay. I need to take action, which is I need to, you know, uh, uh, fight or flight. I need to fight, be aggressive, or I need to get out of here. But again, the only purpose of fear is it's just saying, Hey, there's something happening. Watch out, be aware. Uh, a lot of folks are concerned and rightfully so rightfully so. However, I do think that there's, there's, this is if you, if you just do to study, study history, study the past, Anytime there are challenges, there are new tools, it births. It's like a Phoenix, right? It births new opportunities in tough times grows new opportunities i really do believe that there is there's going to be the most amount of opportunity unlocked by these tools and the folks who can quickly wrap their heads around the tools the trends customer behavior think about it this way mariano in 2019 people weren't really getting their groceries delivered to their house in 2019 people weren't really getting food delivered to their house i mean they were but it wasn't as big as important, and then come 2020, the pandemic has you at home. Direct to consumer explodes. Now, all the people who are indirect to consumer, they got a lot of opportunities. Brick and mortar suffered a little bit, right? But it's starting to rebound. Um, but I say that to say, anytime there's a challenge, there are new opportunities. So. For anyone who's feeling that, that concern or uncertainty or or fear, it's a great time to start looking around and asking, how do I redesign myself for the future? How do I redesign myself today and invest in myself today for what's to come in the future?
1: No, I fully, I fully agree with that. And just short comment, you know, to, to close the episode on top of what you mentioned. Uh, this has been happening forever. If you think about it, I think it was 1892 when the first tractor came up and the farmers were like, okay, we're done. I mean, we're going to be running out of jobs. And, you know, people, human beings were able to adapt, right? And we will always be able to adapt. So this is just, you know, another another of those times. And again, I I also will encourage, as you're doing, Peter, people to don't, don't be, scared don't don't be threatened just you know try to think and you know find the opportunities because as peter is saying there's going to be a lot of them out there and you know it's a matter of you know good mindset good timing uh good thinking forward thinking to catch those and you know leverage them peter it's been fantastic having you thank you so much for your time really appreciate it i hope you had a great time with us
2: absolutely i did thank you and thanks team
1: we're going to be leaving Peter's contact information on the episode description in case you want to reach out. And and again, thank you so much, Peter.
2: Absolutely. See y'all.
1: So for the audience, on our next episode, we're going to have Julie Keys as a guest. She's going to be helping us to better understand how to get ready for exiting a business. Remember that you can listen Beyond Alchemy on all the available platforms. And if you want to learn more about Making Sense, please visit our website, makingsense.com. Also, make sure you follow us on our social networks. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.